Hello and welcome to the Film Pulse Podcast. This is episode number 437. My name is Adam Patterson. With me today, we've got Kevin Rickstraw. Hey, Kevin. Hey, what's up? Not a whole lot. I'm in my like kind of mobile setup right now, so please excuse the bad audio quality. Uh, I'm, I'm going to work on making it better for next week, but I st- still have some tweaking to do. It's a very, very temporary setup I have going here because I'm in the middle of moving. Uh, anyway, this week on the show, we'll be taking a look at the body horror film A Banquet, which is out now on VOD platforms. We'll also be going over some of what we're watching on the watch list and this week's new releases in theaters, VOD and Blu-ray. Thank you so much for joining us this week. Please remember to review us on iTunes if you get a moment. That'd be very helpful. Uh, new Say by the 90s has been recorded. It is in the can. We just have to go through editing now, and I'm, I'm hoping to have it done by the end of this month. So, <laughs> so, so maybe maybe drop it early early next week. The theme is production. So what? We're, so we're looking at four movies that uh, involve TV, radio, and film production. So those include Quiz Show, Radio Land Murders. Matinee and uh, the the late shift. So very s- some interesting ones there, including one of those ones is flat out the worst movie that I've seen since we started the show. Really, it was a god awful nightmare that I just wanted to be over. So I'll let I'll, I'll let I'll let you all guess which one that that was all right let's talk about a banquet this is directed by ruth paxton i have a synopsis here a widowed mother is radically tested when her teenage daughter insists a supernatural experience has left her body in service to a higher power uh oof uh kevin we'll start it with you what were your initial impressions of a banquet Oof, boy uh we're recording later than what we normally do. That was to buy myself some time to see if I could muster up anything to say. You had to process uh, this one, boy. You, had, you yeah, yeah. there was there was so much that you had to get. You just had to figure it all out. I sat uh, in a room by myself, just just soaking in it, mm-hmm. trying to you know formulate my opinion on it, but. Uh, in the process of doing that, I forgot every single thing about this movie. <laughs> this is going to be, it, I mean, this is one of those films that just, just occupies that space, you know, of films that it. when you ask me like two years from now, you'll say, Banquet, you saw it. And I'll be like, I have no idea what the hell you're talking about. Because I'm just, this is not going to stick at all. There's just nothing about it. I just... This is a no burn, the old dreaded no burn, and man, it was a rough watch for me. I had a really hard time with this one as well. I think that it it did have a number of things going for it. I think that as far as like body horror goes, uh, there were a couple. It wasn't even. It's not even really a body horror. Like it's a very very light body horror movie. I would say. Yeah. Basically, what you have here is this teenager who she goes to a party 
she sees something. There's like a like a blood moon that's that's going on. She goes into the woods. She sees something, and then she just doesn't eat anymore. And she doesn't get hungry. She doesn't lose weight. She just just doesn't eat. And the whole time I'm thinking like, wow, that would be great if I like financially speaking. Oh, yeah. if, you, if you just didn't have to eat anymore, <laughs> like you Ooh, just have time too. You know oh, oh my god! Oh my god! Yeah. I would. I would also like to say that the mom, though, made some exquisite dinners. Wow, yeah, she was she she was bringing her A game, and it seemed like she was trying to utilize that as maybe to get her to start eating. You know, if you make this more appealing, you know, if I really bring my stuff, she surely she'll eat. But after a certain point, I would think like you would just dial it back. Yeah, because she's not eating. She hasn't been eating for like eight months. So she's like, you don't have to bring your egg game every night. I don't know. It's, it seemed like she genuinely liked to to cook. And then there was the other daughter too. You don't want to. That's you true. Wanna, you don't want to just true. leave the other daughter in the lurch. You know, cooking cooking craft mac and cheese. But yeah, so mm, that's pretty much it. Like she doesn't eat, and <laughs> yeah. they try and they try to figure out what's going on, and eventually she she reveals what the synopsis says here, where it's like there's some sort of like higher power or some <laughs> something something going on here, uh, and uh, yeah, it uh, not a lot. Not a lot to to talk about here with this movie. The ending is not surprising or revelatory in any way. I should I should have mentioned this at the top of the this review, but we do have a, a written review for this up on the site. Uh, Chris reviewed this for us, and uh, he gave it a six and a half out of ten, which I think is like really generous, extremely generous. Yes, and especially reading his review, I just like I couldn't reconcile the two between the words and that number score. I think he was a little bit generous. I, I mean, like visually it was fine. There were the, you know, it was decent looking. Uh, I liked what they did with kind of the creepy food stuff where they made even like really appetizing looking meals kind of disgusting. And, and like, cause they would do that like extreme close up into the food and, and like elevate all of the the sounds so you can just hear every like little yeah. squish mm-hmm. and so it no, was not a know, fan no uh and actually i was eating lunch when i watched this and there was one scene that and, and this rarely happens to me where i just i just couldn't i couldn't uh continue eating during that scene or several minutes after and it was the scene where she and this is not like a spoiler or anything. I'm not going to like give away major details about the context, but there's a scene where like there's kind of like rotten food that's mm. involved, and for whatever reason, the, the fact that she looked all like greasy, like her her face mm-hmm. was like oily and greasy, like it, it was just so, and, and just the extreme close ups that they were u- utilizing was uh, very nauseating, and I was just like, no, I'm going to have to put this down. going to have to put, put down my sandwich here for a little bit. Oh, no, no, interrupted sandwich time. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't a big deal. It was just a few minutes. I, I, I picked it back up, like, hey, pro- probably by just, the next the next scene. You got, you got right back in that sandwich. I did, yeah. I mean, it was... I got to imagine that the, the sandwich was the far more memorable. It was because I ordered from Subway... 
And, oh, you know, it's just, it's just a ham, ham and cheese sub, you know, it's just looking for something quick. And they added like 20 pieces of ham on this. Like it was unbearable. The, the amount of ham that they added in this sandwich. So yes, it, 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 the sandwich was more memorable than the movie just because of the volume of ham added. I had to take, I had to like take half of it off more than half. I had to take more than half of it off. A wealth of ham. It was like a joke. I felt like somebody was, was pranking me. Like the, 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 the the person who, (laughs) the person who was preparing this. Yeah. The person who was preparing this at Subway was clearly pranking me. Like I'm going to give this guy, Oh, you want a ham sandwich? I'll give you a ham sandwich, buddy. And he just loaded it up. The the making of your ham sandwich is probably the viral video on TikTok or something. (laughs) Probably. It's just a guy just keeps adding. He's like, how to make a ham sub at Subway. Add ham, add ham, add ham. And it just does that for like the next two minutes. And then you got the end result. (laughs) That would be so funny though. If I was just scrolling through TikTok and I saw my exact (laughs) sandwich being made. That's the fucking sandwich. I actually did see a very funny TikTok recently that took place in the subway where it was, it was a guy who was making a sandwich. He's like, Oh, do you want it toasted? And he's like, yeah, I want it toasted. And he, he toasts it and he pulls it out. He's like, can you make it a little bit more toasted? And he puts it in again. And he's like, uh, can you make it a little bit more toasted again? And he just kept asking the guy to put it back in and toast it more until it came out completely black. Oh, God. Uh, shit. Yeah. So a banquet is, uh, you know, there's a couple interesting things. I do like the, so the, the main character, uh, what's her name? Jessica Alexander. She was in that movie that I spoke about, I saw it called glass house. I can't remember what festival I saw okay, that in. Yeah. She was, she was really good in that too. And, and I think she's, she was quite good in this, but you know, that's, it do, doesn't necessarily save the, yeah. the, the overall plot from just being just, it's so, so minimal, so little to, to really grasp onto here. Yeah. There's a bit, it was just, for me, I got in terms of the plot and the narrative. I'm just waiting for something to happen. Like the initial setup, I'm like, okay, this is interesting. I see where we go with this, but I just I felt like they never really went anywhere with it, and then it just all of a sudden stops. It just no, ends. I mean, and and that's the thing is like the setup is kind of intriguing. Like, oh well, why? What did she see in the woods? Why? Why does she no longer need to eat? Like. Where is this all going to go? But unfortunately, where it does go is a bit of a wet noodle. It just doesn't. Yeah. Yeah. Doesn't, it I doesn't mean, go they, anywhere. No. And I mean, they add some stuff. They add some elements to it. Uh, unfortunately, the, the, a lot of that stuff was just like too too late, too little, too late for me. But even then, it still was like, OK, well, there's still a chance that something's going to happen. You know, you find out more about like when her when her grandma shows up. And kind of shares a, a memory of her as a child, and you're mm-hmm. like, oh, okay, so she has a history of of, of, of a certain activity, you know? Okay, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and then you find out a little bit more about the mother, and you're like, okay, well, there's still, it seems like something's coming together here, you know? Like we're we're slowly getting there, but again, it just just stops. 
And there's a one aspect, there's one scene um, where there's some good effects. And that's really the only scene that, like, had anything that I felt was remotely engaging. But at the same time, it felt completely... Uh, like, it, it just didn't fit with what they were doing with this movie. It just it felt like an excuse to show a little, you know, cool special effect. And then that's it. Mm-hmm. We're done. Yeah. And then on top of that, you have all that that's just not working for me at all. And then the cinematography of this thing is just so unbelievably generic and just nothing didn't work at all. The sound design, the, you know, the score, every all those all those aspects just did nothing for me at all. The performances are like okay, you know, they're serviceable. It's just nothing here was engaging in any way. I agree. Yeah, just yeah, not feel not feeling it. Unfortunately, so yeah, this this did not work for me. No, and I just like. And I'm still trying to like figure out what what it what it is. Like I don't I don't know what it is. <laughs> I don't know what any of it means. Yeah, I don't I I, I don't know either. I mean, maybe maybe I missed some allegory or something. You know, initially it seemed like it was going to be about eating disorders, but because. There was the yeah, whole the whole thing like the the whole thing that happens in the opening scene when the the father dies by I don't, it's, it's, I don't know if it's a spoiler it happens in the opening scene but he yeah. consumes something and I thought oh okay well maybe maybe that's what why she develops this this eating disorder or, or you know what is rep this this thing that represents an eating disorder. Yeah, uh, but and you're just uh, you're thinking like, okay, maybe trauma, maybe distress. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, you know, and I kept waiting for like something, something to connect it all, and I just feel like nothing got connected, or there was even an attempt to connect anything, or maybe I just completely because there was also that because it was so difficult for me to engage with like as a whole i kept thinking to myself i'm like surely i missed something like i must have just like blacked out (laughs) you know like my eyes just went blank and my mind just wandered and i completely missed like something very important and i kept thinking that like you know like every 10 minutes i'm like surely i missed something i had to but i don't i don't know if i did honestly Maybe I did. I, I, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, if if you missed it, I missed it too. I I feel like there wasn't a whole lot to miss. I mean, it all felt pretty straightforward, but I don't know. I don't understand the 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 scale, like the logistics of it, like what they were I just. It just none of it worked. Just none of it. Yeah, I agree. Uh, all right, let's go ahead and give it a score. What are you going to give a banquet out of 10? I give a banquet to two. Uh, I'm at a three on this one. 
That is available now on VOD. I think IFC Midnight is the one. They're the ones who put that out. Let's move on and talk about someone watching. I started the week off with The Cursed, which is playing now in theaters. Actually, this was a theatrical release uh, directed by Sean Ellis. And this is kind of a, it's kind of a, a folk horror, you know, it's, it's kind of still hopping on that folk horror trend. This is a little bit different in that there's significantly more action to it. Basically what you have here is these, uh, these, these douchebag landowners who steal the land from these gypsies and, and they end up like killing everybody in the gypsy camp. And they, before they, before they get killed, they, they curse the families of uh, the people who, who did this. And uh, it kind of turns into like a werewolf type thing. It's decent. Uh, there's some pretty good creature effects in here. Pretty gory. It's weird that this was in theaters. It feels more like a VOD release, but the, I, I guess maybe the production values a little bit higher than what you see on a lot of VOD releases, but I don't know. Kind of middle of the road for me. Yeah, it, it looks, it looks that way. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, I saw the Oscar-nominated Lee, directed by Jonas Poard uh, Rasmussen, mm-hmm. the the animated, like quasi documentary type deal. Have you seen this? Have you seen Flea? I haven't. I believe it was Ken who I think I think it was on the the year end podcast when he talked about this. Mm. Yeah, so it's it's available on Hulu now. So I checked this out. Um, this is one of those things, uh, one of those movies that I feel like is like you can't really critique it. You know, it's a it's a pretty straightforward documentary where this guy, Amin, who came to Denmark as an unaccompanied minor from Afghanistan. And he's kind of had this secret his entire life that, you know, the secret that he had to perpetuate in order to gain asylum to be in Denmark. So now he's older. He's very successful. Uh, he's getting ready to get married to his longtime boyfriend. So his, a friend of his, the filmmaker decides, you know, they decide together that he's going to go over his story. You know, he's finally going to let everyone know what, what exactly happened, you know? So this is really tough for him to go through. And essentially they use the, uh, they do animation is in order to like to, to mask who he is, you know, doesn't use the real names, everything like that. So a lot of it is just animated, like him being interviewed by his friend. So there's that going on in the present day, obviously. And then when he's talking about the past, it's animated, you know, kind of like a, a visual interpretation of what the past was for him. It's a really affecting story. Uh, it's enthralling and it keeps you hooked and it's a, it's a hell of a story. I mean, Jesus Christ, but 
I don't know. At the same time, just like, you know, it was good. It just like, it didn't wow me in any way. Hmm. Okay. That is Flea available now on Hulu. F-L-E-E. I saw the new Texas Chainsaw Massacre, which dropped on Netflix this weekend, this past weekend. It's bad. Uh, it's directed by David Blue Garcia. I did. I had no expectations going into it, so I really didn't. I, I wasn't surprised that it was not good. Maybe the premise is is kind of okay. So what you have here is a a group of of twenty somethings who they buy a town. Basically, they they buy the entire town. It's like because it's a it's a ghost town. It was it was abandoned. So they they buy it up and they're gonna revitalize it. They're gonna turn it into this like kind of hipster mecca. And turns out one of the houses that they buy is Leatherface's house. Oh, it's, no. where, it's where Leatherface is living. Now the premise of this one is or, or like sort of where it fits in the timeline. They did what what uh they did on the the new the latest Halloween reboot where they they kind of retcon the whole thing and only the first one is is canon so they they did away with all the other sequels mm-hmm. and leatherface is living in this like orphanage and the the original uh a woman who who survived the the first film she she comes back and attempts to she's like i'm gonna i'm gonna kill him Mm -hmm. sally sally is uh, the character's name played by uh olwen fiori i'm probably mispronouncing that apologies uh it's just uh it's just not good no no good no good yeah that sounds terrible it's really gory it's really gory Uh, i'll give it that i mean there's a lot of severed limbs and really graphic uh, kills in this, but it's just uh, nothing. There's just nothing special. It's at the end of the day, it's just a really generic, it's a really generic slasher movie. And, you know, comparing this to, to like the, uh, the, the remake, the original Texas chainsaw remake that I keep think came out in like 2003, the, the Michael Bay produced one, like mm-hmm. that was so much better than this. Like, at least with that one, there were some really interesting visuals with it. Like the, the the cinematography was was there was some really crazy stuff in that original remake. I think, and I, I think that it's starting to get more credit now than it did back when it came out. But there's some wild stuff in that one, and um, but this one is just so generic. None of the characters are partic- particularly memorable or likable. The, the ending is kind of interesting. I think that that's probably the best part is the final, the final shot, the final scene that, that happens. That is, uh, is kind of, they, they, it harkens back to the original. I think it's time for Terrence Hill, but Spencer. Oh, talking about some, the, some odds and evens, huh? You did. You got to see this. Whoever's yeah. listening, you got to see it. Got to check it out. I think the first thing, the first thing that jumped out to me that got me pretty excited for this is it's Sergio Cabucci is the director. The guy that made The Great Silence and Django. Like, 
come on. Mm-hmm. This is going to be, this is going to be something else. And then watching this movie, it is, it's a fucking mess, but it kind of in a good way, but it also feels like it's a Terrence Hill and Bud Spencer movie, obviously, but it feels like it's 20 of those <laughs> and they just pick some scenes from each one and just put them on shuffle. I really wonder if there's some kind of translation thing that's happening here or something, because this movie makes absolutely no sense whatsoever. Like the whole time I'm just like, wait a minute. Like, okay. They seem, they were strangers when they met each other. Now they keep calling each other brother. And then there was like that one guy that's like pretending to be their dad but he's not their dad. And he was like pretending to be blind, but he's not blind. And it just, none of it makes any sense whatsoever, but that didn't necessarily detract from it for me. (laughs) I still had a, yeah, I still had a blast because you don't know what's coming next. You're just like, Oh, what, what, what is next? What could possibly, Oh, all of a sudden he's an ice cream. He's an ice. He's, he's selling ice cream now. Like, I guess, I guess Bud Spencer, that's like one of his side gigs. And then all of a sudden, Oh wait, he's a high life player now. <laughs> like, what Which is I going think has on? To be the most incredible thing I've ever seen. Because before the high life sequence, and the, the high life sequence comes at the 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 end of a long procession of them just doing stuff gambling wise, just you know trying stuff out. You know they're doing demolition derbies, all sorts of shit. So they finally get to the highlight thing. But I like that what what precedes it is him. Bud Spencer going to visit a buddy of his that is just an absolute shit shape. I mean, this guy is just a fucking mess. I mean, he's got a beer belly. I, like, his legs barely even work. He has to wear a wig because he's balding. Like, there's no way in hell that you look at this guy and you're thinking, well, he's a highlight player, definitely. But that's what ends up happening is Bud Spencer wears the guy's wig and stands in for him. and plays as him which Bud Spencer does not have the build for Highlight like he would not succeed in Highlight (laughs) but this is the Terrence Hill Bud Spencer world so of course he's a fucking master at it and just him wearing the ridiculous outfit and then when he would cut to his character doing something athletic and you could clearly see that it was a scrawny guy wearing like a bunch of pillows. It was just, it was incredible. Just, I mean, my God, this movie is, and I feel I wanted to go back because when they first introduced Terrence Hill, which again, completely bonkers. He's a Navy. He's in the Navy. Mm -hmm. He's a Lieutenant, but I'm pretty sure that they did not call him Furpo. And then at some point he's just Furpo. And they're brothers. It's, and I'm so confused. Yeah. I, I I also want to go back and rewatch this because there's something to it here. Like, I feel like I missed something. That there's, yeah. <laughs> there's, there's so bonkers. much. And then all of a sudden, like, he's kind of losing them. And he's like, brother? And it's like, wait, what? You guys are brothers now? And then he tricks them with the dad thing. So I thought that the whole thing was just this elaborate ruse from Terrence Hill, because that's what he seems to be doing with everyone, is that he, he tricks people. 
and I thought, well, man, this is an elaborate one. He's he's essentially got Bud Spencer thinking that he's his brother, and this is his dad. But none like, of this it. Is, n- this is insane. But then towards the end, they're like, both of their last names are Furpo, and they're brothers. And it's yeah. like, wait, do they just believe it so much <laughs> that his last name changed <laughs> and they became related? Uh, yeah, I, I have no idea. And also, like, it, it was like it was like Terrence Hill immediately forgot his mission. Like, like yes. he just he just threw that whole thing to the wayside. Like, he just wants to become friends with Bud Spencer and get him to gamble. I guess. Like, it just it's so. Which- it's just so none of it, like the whole mission thing with him trying to manipulate yeah. him into like exposing the, this, this mob activity and stuff like none of that makes any sense either. No. And it is really interesting because you're right. He, like, and I love this about these Hill and Spencer movies. Cause it seems like that's the gist of all of them is Terrence Hill wants to be buddies with Bud Spencer and Bud Spencer wants nothing to do with the guy. He just he just wants some some beans and onions. That's yeah, that's all he, all he wants. Is he, just, he just wants he just to wants eat to his eat. beans and <laughs> he wants to eat his beans and onions, order an entire cake, and just be left alone. But then you know, through the power of them slapping people in the face and hitting people with sticks and bonking them, they end up becoming like the best of friends. Such good friends. That they actually become blood related. It's and it actually affects the entire timeline of reality. And it, it like it's incredible. And it's, he's got an apple, an apple that has antenna that communicates with dolphins. Yeah. He can speak dolphinese, mm. but Spencer can speak mm. seagullese. Like this movie is just fucking insane. It is. I was I was a little worried because when we started this whole thing, I was like, oh man, like I've, I've maybe, maybe the rest of them aren't going to be, yeah. you know, to my liking, like maybe the re- maybe it's just that, that the first one, the watch out, we're mad. <laughs> like, but yeah, I think started I started off at the pinnacle. Yeah. But I think odds and evens has, has proven to me that, uh, there, there is plenty more fun to be had with, oh, yeah. with this- uh, these two. I think this one is got closer to Watch Out We're Mad in yeah. that the slapstick's really good. I enjoyed the slapstick. Like it's just so ridiculous the, that it yeah. ends up becoming absolutely hilarious because they're just doing so much. It's just constantly them doing. It's just a set new piece thing. after set piece. Yeah. Like it, everything is an excuse to showcase some kind of weird set piece. Be it, you know, a race or just a fight or whatever. Yeah, high lie. Had it, it's it's incredible. Yeah, high lie. Come on. I mean, he's playing football in the Army Navy game, and then immediately oh, yeah, he's that. boat racing. <laughs> the boat. Yeah, the boat race. Yep. Yeah. Uh, and I, I I particularly enjoyed that a lot of the comedy in this one is just downright stupid, and mm-hmm. I loved it. I love that Terrence Hill somehow gets himself into a. A horse carriage race, even though he's <laughs> way too big to be a jockey. But he does it, and the guy that he's racing beside is like, "Hey, you're not so and so." He's like, "Yeah, I am." He's like, "Yell out my name. See if I respond." So the guy's like, "Hey, Sal," and he's like, "Yeah, see, I'm Sal." <laughs> <laughs> it's 
Yeah, it's it's great. Oh my god, fucking odds and evens. Check it out. I can't wait. I can't wait to for the next one. It's just it's so, and then incorporate the comedy into like the the choreographed fighting and slapping and everything. It's just it's so dumb, just dumb as hell, and I love it. Yep, hundred percent agree. All right, uh, I saw Licorice Pizza finally. The uh, Paul Watch Thomas and Paul Thomas Anderson. Uh, I loved it. It was it was great. I I suspected that this would have had a, a place on my top ten. It definitely would have. I don't know. I don't know if it would have been like number one, but top five certainly. It's just a fun, lighthearted comedy, and I just I had a great time with it. Alana Haim and Cooper Hoffman do a great job. I mean, these are people who uh, Cooper Hoffman. I think this is his debut. It's uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman's son, and uh, Alana Haim is. I, I don't know if she's done much acting in the past either, but they do a great job. You have a really great supporting cast here. Lots of fun cameos like Sean Penn, who plays this completely off his rocker, uh, like celebrity Tom Waits in there. Bradley Cooper, who plays another like completely insane. uh, He he plays the boyfriend of Barbara Streisand. Benny Safdie's in here in a role that he's he's like, uh, I can't remember. He's, He's running for office, I believe. I can't remember if it's like mayor or Congress or something. Um, but he, it's definitely not a role that I've, ex- I would expect him to be in. So lots of, lots of great performances, lots of great music in this. I loved the, the cinematography. It had a very kind of vintage seventies look to it. And, uh, yeah, I can highly recommend licorice pizza. It was a, a great time. See if I ever watch this thing. I don't know if you will. I don't know I just, if it, I don't know what it is. I just can't. I just can't muster any like excitement for this. It's. And I it's, don't know why. It's just. It's a very kind of slight film that just kind of washes over you. I mean, it's it's over two hours long, and a lot happens. But it's all just kind of, you know, just it just kind of meanders and it is what it is. And you just spend some time with some likable characters and they get into some shenanigans and there's a lot of waterbeds like he 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 Cooper Hoffman. He he plays a 15 year old child actor in here and he's he's a real entrepreneur. He's a go getter and he ends up opening a waterbed store. He's only 15, but he opens up a waterbed store. <laughs> and so a, a large portion of the movie is them like selling waterbeds and setting up waterbeds in celebrities' homes and stuff. It's great. I might watch it. I saw two movies by Penelope Spheris. Uh, these are movies that I've of hers that I've been meaning to watch forever and just never got around to it. And I was just kind of looking for something to watch. And, you know, I was like, you know what? I'm going to check Tubi. I'm going to check the old Tubi and lo and behold that pretty much like every Penelope's Fierce movie that she made is on Tubi. So I started off with suburbia from 1983. This is a 
this is a great movie. It's uh, it's pretty wild. So it follows uh, a group of kind of um, like a ragtag group of misfits. They're all like punk kids and they're living in this abandoned house. There's this like housing development that was that was bought by the county and then abandoned. And uh, it's just sort of them trying to live their lives, going to punk shows, being being wild, getting into scraps fighting, trying to get away from the cops and the, the 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 people of the town think that they're all like weirdos and freaks, outcasts. The movie opens with a an infant being murdered by a dog, b- being attacked and killed by a dog, which is insane. And there's another, there's like multiple child deaths that happen in this movie that are like pretty shocking. <laughs> Cause it doesn't necessarily fit the tone, but in the opening, the opening with the kid getting killed by the dog is just really out of left field. Like it doesn't really fit the theme of the, the uh, well, maybe a little bit, but it's, it's shocking. It's a shocking way to open a movie. So yeah, suburbia is great. I can definitely recommend that. And again, it's on Tubi. Another one that's on Tubi. This one just auto played right after suburbia and i just let it i just let it roll man i was like all right we're in it what what do you got for me and that's hollywood vice squad from 1986 this was this one was awesome too uh again penelope spheris this is sort of a uh supposedly it it takes real true cases of the of the vice squad and sort of presents them in in this movie where it's there's kind of like an overarching narrative but but then they they do like these kind of smaller busts where they're like going after prostitutes and um drug dealers and stuff like that carrie fisher's in this she plays one of the undercover vice squad cops and uh so is joey travolta i I enjoyed this one. This is also kind of totally off. Like some of it feels a little goofy, but a lot of it feels very serious, but had a good time with it. Nonetheless, it it is kind of all over the place. It's very messy. Like they'll just, they'll do, they'll go one place, one place with it. And you'll think that this is where the movie's going to go, but then they'll like abandon that or just throw that aside and then go to this other, like larger case that they're working on. And it's just kind of, just very, very frantic, just all over the place, but still, still good time. Good, good eighties crime action movie. And Penelope Spheres, man, she's a really great director. And I feel like the industry just did her dirty. And and she ended up leaving. She, she left the industry because they, they dicked her over. It was a, I think a Weinstein thing happened where she, he, I think he like blacklisted her or something. Not surprising. Yeah. All right. Let's take a look at what we have in theaters this week. Only one to mention, then that's Studio 666, what? which is a, it's a horror comedy from the Foo Fighters. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> so, that's right. Yep. Incredible. Going to be in theaters. Wow. They're just desperate, man. They're just desperate to get whatever they can into theaters these days. Yeah. 
this looks atrocious. Yeah, this just this a lot of bad ideas, it seems like. Yeah, that's pretty much it for theaters. On VOD this week, on the 22nd, we have Hard Hit. It looks like a crime thriller, maybe. We got Dunk or Die. That's a documentary about slam dunking. About slam dunking. <laughs> yeah. This guy says about slam dunking. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's, the, uh, it's the triumphant story of F- France's slam dunk superstar, Kador Ziani. A slam dunk superstar? Yeah. Give or take. Uh, is that a maybe a it sounds like a rom-com let's see it's yeah dunking. looks like it looks like a rom-com we have beowulf oh, yeah. uh which is a it's kind of like a take on beowulf i think gotcha but it's about slam dunking yes exactly yes we got hellbender coming out on the 24th on shutter Nice. Definitely recommend that. Then on Friday, the 25th, we have Strawberry Mansion. Uh, recommend that, too. Indeed. It's the uh, Albert Bernie, Kentucker Audley. That's two good, two good movies coming out. Mm-hmm. The Burning Sea. That looks like uh, something about an oil field uh, disaster, maybe. We also have I'll Find You. This is a... Uh, romance movie we got the desperate hour with naomi watts riveting riveting and pulse pounding thriller to look out for that we got big gold brick is it big gold brick recounts the story of fledgling writer samuel liston and his experiences with floyd Devereux, the enigmatic middle-aged father of two who enlists Samuel to write his biography. Interesting. This, Oscar, this seems... Andy Garcia, Oscar Isaac, Megan Fox, from the looks of it. Yeah, this is one of those things that just looking at the the poster and the cast here, it, it, like I feel like this movie was made a while ago. <laughs> Could and, be, yeah. It's just now getting really, like, this was made back in, like, 2017. Yeah, could be. Let's see, we have Creation Stories also coming out. This is the uh, biopic about Alan McGee, who is the guy who created the uh, the record label, uh, the record label that, that uh, had, like, Oasis on it. And he he was one of the kind of... People who spearheaded that that whole kind of I don't know what you would call it the second British invasion during the nineties when like Oasis and Blur and all those bands started exploding. It's bad. It's very bad, actually. Gotcha. We got Family Squares coming out. This I believe is a is like a. It's a family drama, but I think that it all takes place on Zoom. It's like a something oh. video video chat type movie. We got Ga- Gasoline Alley coming out with Devin Sawa. Ooh, 
Yeah, Devin Sawa, Bruce Willis, and Luke Wilson. Wow. Incredible. Incredible cast. <laughs> Sawa's making a comeback, man. He's been cranking them out lately. He, he's been... He's on that uh, that Chucky show on sci-fi, and he's been in a whole bunch of movies. So I, f- I feel like he's making a comeback. We need somebody needs to give him like something really meaty for him to really just break through. Yeah, Gasoline Alley. Uh, maybe, maybe that's the one. I I doubt it. This is a Saban Films release, so. I would probably guess that it's middling at best, but who knows? Uh, finally, we have Let Me Be Me, which is, a, I believe, a documentary about a, a, an autistic uh, young man who is, like, really into fashion design, and he, like, becomes a fashion designer. Yeah. On Netflix... We got Restless coming out. That's on the 25th. We got Tyler Perry's and Medea Homecoming. Oh, boy. Yeah. On uh, I missed one here on the 23rd on Netflix. There's 11M Terror in Madrid, which looks to be a documentary. Blu-ray this week. We got Alligator from 1980. That's coming out in 4K. Green Miles getting a 4K release. Night of the Demon from 1980. Uh, Escape from L.A. from 1996 getting a 4K release. Drop Dead Fred from 1991 is getting a limited edition release. It's got a really great cover. Classic. This is uh, Vinegar Syndrome. It's putting this out. Wow. Yeah. Man on the Moon getting a new Blu-ray release. Hurt Locker coming out in 4K. Tinker Taylor Soldier Spy 4K King's Man is coming out. I was gonna sit, I was gonna watch that today. That's on HBO Max. It's uh, on it's, HBO Max. Sorry, huh? I was looking at this drop dead Fred. It's a good cover, isn't it? I, I enjoy it. I yeah. enjoy it. The King's Man is coming is out on HBO Max oh, right now. Wait, watch out. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I wasn't clamoring to see it, but no, you were die. You had that shit penciled in on your calendar. It's probably a fun watch, but certainly wasn't something that I needed to see in theaters. Bloody Pit of Horror from 1965, <clears throat> Black Candles from 1982. These are all these are Vinegar Syndrome. Alligator Two: The Mutation from 1991. Hard Target getting a new 4K release. Recommend that. House of Gucci coming out. That was uh, not great. wasn't horrible. Sister, Sister from 1987. Beware Children at Play from 1989. That's the trauma, oh, the trauma movie. That I believe that was either the first or second. It was one of the very first movies that we had Ryan oh, yeah. watch. Without a doubt, it, it had to be. It was definitely first five episodes. But it might, yeah, first it might six. It's it's got to at least be first six. Yeah, yeah. We got Wolfpack from 1987. Uh, Sharon and then Terry's Revenge. Sharon slash Terry's Revenge from 1977. I guess they're two different movies. Uh, I'm not sure what those are all about. They look like maybe they're like softcore porn movies, but I'm not sure. 
<laughs> we got Side Out from 1990. That looks like a, some kind of teen sex comedy, maybe. Deadly Games from 1982. Lies and Deceit. Five films by uh, Claude Chabral. Oh, that's, yeah. It's going to be out on Arrow. It's an Arrow box set. Uh, Billitus from 1977. Not sure what that's all about. That looks like it might be like some kind of porn, too. It's a limited edition. What is Billitus? Fun City Editions. Bill, I, I even spell it. I've never e- heard this as a word. Oh, it's a vinegar syndrome. Okay. B-I-L-I-T-I-S. Uh, the the I... story takes place in England around the beginning of the 20th century, sensually exploring a young schoolgirl's awakening to love during her summer vacation. Mm-hmm. Mm. Sounds like a exploitation to me. Yep. Jeez, there's a lot of stuff coming out this week. The Devil's, the Devil's Men from 1976. Voices from 1974, Chomps from 1979. What is this? Is this a dog cop that I'm looking at here? Is this a movie about a dog cop? Please. It's Please. the world's first computerized watchdog. So it's a robot. Oh my it's god. A, it's a robot dog cop. <laughs> oh, you gotta be. Uh, invents Chomps. a robot dog that has super strength, x-ray vision, and can... Detect crimes being committed. Okay. Oh, and, shit. Yeah. Uh, and it's on Tubi. Where else do you think you would find it? Well, I'm adding it to my watch list right now. <laughs> so <laughs> That fucker's on Tubi. Not of course, surprised. Of course it's on Tubi. I'm telling you, man. Like, we made fun of Tubi a lot when, like, back when it started to become a thing. But now, oh, it's, it's quickly becoming my number one <laughs> streaming service. It's fucking go to girlfriend it, from yeah. like there's just so much on it like there's so much anyway uh, they got chops yeah girlfriend from hell from 1989 Harry and the Hendersons from 1987 Harry and the Hendersons a suitable job for a woman from 1982 uh, Cold War creatures four films from Sam Katzman it's another Arrow release. Dead and Buried from 1981 is getting a Blue Underground release. Uh, I mean, this is it's too much. I, I, I'm going to end it there because there's just too much stuff. Jesus, he's done. He's done. Yeah, that those are pretty much the biggies anyway. A lot of other re-releases and stuff like that. Uh, what about Criterion's? Oh, we have one, and that's Boat People, and who from uh, 1982. I've been wanting to see this one for a while, so I'm pretty excited about this. Nice. Yes. Cool. Uh, All right. That's going to do it for this week. Thank you so much for listening. You can send us your questions and topics to podcast at filmpulse.net. You can follow us on Twitter at filmpulse.net or at filmpulsekevin. And if you have a minute, consider reviewing us on iTunes. That would be much appreciated. For Kevin Rakestraw, my name's Adam Patterson. We'll see you next week. Bye.